Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, and I just want to remind you that we are live every Sunday on our Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you stream your music at the Opinionated Podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So remember to like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, and we are your host. I'm Kevin Durant, and I'm Big Dre, and we got a special guest today. Charles J. My man. My man. What's good with you? What's going on with you? Living the dream, fellas. You know, it's a Sunday. Not up at a shop. Took a day off. So, you know, just blessed, man. You know, being a being a fashion designer is a, a full-time job, even when we, we're doing other things. You know, we have Avenue Black plus Urbane. So it's it's a lot going on at one time, but, you know, we'd be able to manage it. So You could take days off? Uh, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> days, days off is not really days off. It's just me physically not being in the space versus like me being there physically. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Did you work out though yeah. today? Uh, actually, nah. Like I, I did it. I didn't really do much today. I actually, been I just moved, so like we in the process of still trying oh. to get the career together and all that. So, um, but other than that, man, just I just connect with my team. We got this app that we use and we you know, facilitate tasks and all that other stuff through the app. So I don't really like try to be at the store that much, you know, it's the difference between being, you know, a business owner and a boss. So mm. like we already into the gyms. <laughs> oh, damn. Wait. So all right, you said, you said you got the app. Is it the Avenue black app? Nah. So we actually have an app um, that we just, you know, started working with. Um, it's called connect team. It allows us to assign tasks and all that stuff like from the retail side. Okay. So, you know, we got, um, you know, I have a retail staff at the store. We have assistant manager that we just promoted. So we have people that actually run the store when I'm physically not there. So um, mm-hmm. it's just a way for us to communicate. But also, you know, as a business owner, you have to create boundaries, too. You can't always be accessible to everyone, you know, from your phone. So through the app, you know, it's an easy way for to communicate, but still maintain certain boundaries. So people don't like overstep or try to call me outside work hours or anything like that. So. Mm-hmm. Shit, we need that. Yeah. Dog, yeah. yeah, but that was important. What you mean? Yeah. No, I mean, well, why don't we let him talk? Tell people what he does. You know, what I mean, besides, he's. A, I mean, we know he's a. We know he's a clothing designer. We know. But yeah. For all of those who don't know you, why don't you give him a chance to get to know you now? Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, my name is Charles J. Um, I'm a self-taught fashion designer from Sickleville, New Jersey. Uh, been designing for seven years, self-taught, uh, went to school, uh, went to Rutgers Camden, played basketball there for four years, set uh, five records while I was there. Um, and then as soon as I jumped out of school, we, um, you know, I, I got my LLC, knew nothing about fashion design. Uh, I was a web designer and graphic designer by heart. So, you know, I was just able to, you know, be able to construct a garment digitally. I knew I could get to a final garment somehow or some way. So I just taught myself that whole process, put out, you know, a decent amount of money to find out what that process looks like. And, you know, my first year in business, I dropped a baseball jersey for three hundred dollars. I didn't really care what, you know, consumers thought like, yo, he's just starting. How is he selling stuff at this price? But I just really believed in myself and I had a certain level of confidence to where I was like, yo, like anything I put out, you know, I know it's going to be at a certain standard, even though I might not mentally be educated enough to pull off that. I know that I can get to that point. So why would I sell myself short from the beginning? So, you know, we, we dropped a baseball jersey, sold it to a couple of people, you know, that was an NFL, NBA. Stuff started moving a little bit. Um, I really started getting to the cut and sew side of, you know, designing to where I'll handpick all my own fabric. I taught myself how to size grade, you know, um, 
source fabric, you know, deal with manufacturers, language barriers, stay up till three, four o'clock in the morning, just communicating with manufacturers. So it's just like, you know, it was the last seven years has really been a trial and error process. You know, I, I wasn't trying to fast forward and get to a million dollars or a million dollars worth of sales. I was really just focused on, you know, learning the process and what that looks like, you know, and just really enjoying that part. But um about like three, year two, year three, I dropped like my first full cut and sew collection. Um, that's where we really started getting some steam, you know, got some stuff on Swiss Beats, a couple of artists. We was on uh, a couple of artists on Love and Hip Hop. Um, we did some work with Wolf Tyler, um, you know, and things started to progress as, you know, the brand started being seen more with Urbane. So, you know, the whole story behind the brand, you know, I have a color block logo that's seen on the hat. Um, at age two, I was diagnosed with a Wilms tumor, had kidney cancer, had my right kidney removed, went through chemotherapy. I've been a cancer survivor of 28 years. So that's what the whole basis of, you know, Urbane really is. Um, 93 was the year I was diagnosed. So you'll see that number a, a lot of times on the clothes or on the back of a jersey or, you know, anything like that. There's always a cancer ribbon somewhere. Like even on the hat, I got the World Series logo. I got the cancer ribbon in it with the 1993 color blocks going through it. So, I mean, like I really just try to use my story to really propel into the garments and really just, you know, from the design side, really just think of stuff that's off the wall and different and just continually try to challenge myself. So, you know, Urbane started picking up steam. Um, and, you know, my goal with Urbane from the rip was I wanted to start a consulting company, like later down the line. Like I'm very long-term thinking. I don't think short-term too much, right? So I wanted to start a consulting company where I could help other brands develop their product um, you know, whether it's marketing, branding, whatever it is, I want to be able to offer those services and that knowledge that I've been able to gain throughout my process. That was, I was thinking about that even before I even jumped into designing. I was like, I want to start a consulting company. So, um, you know, we kind of ran with Urbane as the testament, as the proof of concept. And, you know, everything that I've learned now I can apply to other brands. And that's really what the concept of Avenue Black is. Avenue Black is really a marketing and consulting company. So what we do is we give you a space where you can come in, create, you know, we have photography studios, podcast studios, um, live stream, Twitch rooms, editing studios for anybody that does video or podcast editing or anything like that. Um, we have cyclorama walls where you can shoot video, photo content. Um, and we were in the Gloucester outlets in which we opened in 2020. Um, we had 10,000 square feet over there. Um, we had a lot of differences with management over there. Um, they came in, tried to restructure our lease when we were about three to four months in because um, we had a 5,000 square foot retail space that had all the photography studios, you know, podcast studios, all that in there. Then we had a 5,000 square foot um, event space that was next door. So it was like a turnkey event space. You come in, you know, you, you book the space, you come in, do your event, clean up, and then you leave. So three months after we signed a lease for the larger space next door, a new mall manager came in. He was one of us. Mm. and everything just went downhill, tried to restructure the lease. So, you know, lawyers were going back and forth for about six months. And in that six months, we only threw three events. So we were still paying rent oh, for no, space. No. And, you know, we only did three events within that space. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, can think whatever they want to think, you know, oh, the rent was too expensive or this or that. Like, nah, like we were operating at 40% of our business model wow. and we were still making money. So, you know, we ended up leaving. Um, the lawyers got us out of the lease. We opened up the store in Deptford Mall within two and a half weeks of closing yep. Glosser. Uh -huh. And then, you know, now we're about to open up an 11,000 square foot store in Turnersville um, in about two months, two and a half months. So I seen it. I, I seen it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you <laughs> if you um, if you remember, it was my what was it like? Was it two years ago at this point? 
was last year. It was just last year. Bro. Last year, with me and and um and this wait no Kev this Kev, Kev. <laughs> yeah got you yeah, yeah y'all we, came through yeah yeah and um. Oh, we was really like it. It was really about to go down with us coming in there, and then we, you know, yeah. m- money was a little different uh, back then. But seeing that space at, at that time uh, in in the the Gloucester outlets really inspired us. Like it was like, super motivation. Just, I mean, when I say I flew back to the back to the podcast space to t- tell them, like, yo, boom, as we start running down on ideas and things that we need to do. Like it, it was crazy. I think that that whole thing. I'm getting to my question, by the way. I think that that whole thing was probably one of the greatest ideas I've seen as far as this type of space. My question to you is: What type of maniac would start a clothing brand and then start another clothing brand, but which is also basically a clothing brand? Oh, excuse me, a full. Educational, what, what do you call it? Um, pretty much a create a uh, contact, it's content just a whole creating, yeah. Uh, what kind of maniac would do that? <laughs> would start so, two brands so big. I mean, I think so. What happened was Avenue Black as a brand was really an accident, it wasn't supposed to happen, right? So, we opened up the space in Gloucester. So, we'll backtrack a little bit. Um, early of 2020, right when uh, when COVID hit, mm. I was a district manager uh, at Aldo. Uh, I, I call it Spring, which is subsidiary at Aldo, but I was a store manager at Aldo for six years, and then I got promoted to district manager three weeks before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. COVID hit, they closed down the stores, you know, for like two months. Um, they tried to push me back down to be a store manager, and I just never went back. So, because um, they had to start closing stores because of COVID. So they right. started to close stores, and then basically they brought, basically they were like, yo, if you can help save some of these stores, we'll keep them open. But COVID hit, so we closed for two months. So those stores already had to close because we were closed for two months. Yeah. So those were all the stores that I was overseeing because I was coming in to help save the stores' performance because they weren't performing at the level they needed to. So basically, COVID hit. We in quarantine. They tried to push me back down to store manager. I'm like, yo, nah, like I'm good. Like I have one kidney. I'm not trying to be exposed to COVID every single day in a retail store. So I kind of played it off for like a couple months, and then I just never went back. So that same November, uh, me and my business partner, Warren Prescott, um, for Avenue Black, my business partner, we ended up opening the Gloucester Outlet store because we've been looking for a space because we wanted to do an event space for like four or five years. We just never found the right location. And then coming, I used to manage a store over at Gloucester. So I already know the customer. I know the traffic patterns. Like I know how to operate within that space. So, um, you know, we ended up opening the spot, um, but it was a co-working space. So like you know, I'm familiar with, you know, uh, Will Toms and, and, you know, Dave from Rec Philly. And Urbane was actually in Rec Philly's consignment store that they have within their business model. Like Rec Philly is a, cr- a creative co-working space. Okay. So basically very similar to like a WeWork, but it's for creatives. Like they got podcast studios, audio recording studios, uh, uh, you know, a co-working space, all of that. So I was, um, you know, working with Rec as far as putting my product in there, but I saw some opportunities on the retail side because that's where my background is from. I saw some opportunities in the retail side where it was like, listen, you know, their business model is based off of, you know, just building creatives. But what if I can help build actual brands in-house and do things in a um, vertical, vertically integrated, you know, situation to where, you know, I can come in. I can help you develop your brand's business model. I can help you develop your product. 
Um, I can help you build your website, build your mobile apps. But then on the last end of it, I can give you a physical space for you to sell your product. Mm. There's not, you know, that's where vertical integration comes in. And that's what, you know, Nipsey talked about a lot was like, you know, creating these business models that have so many different streams of income that you can control in one space. And that's what he was doing with, um, you know, Vector90, where he had, you know, the, the space where, you know, the kids could come in and be educational. But you get a lot of money from the state with doing stuff like that, grants and things like that. So, like, right. you know, with Avenue Black, that concept, it was like, all right, you know, we're not going to be a corporate company. We're going to be black owned and we're going to let people know that we're black owned, but we're not exclusively for our just black people. Right. It's just ran. It's just ran and operated by us. So that was something that, you know, that's where the concept of Avenue Black came in because like Avenue Black six years ago, I already had the name, the logo, everything. It was supposed to be a digital fashion magazine, but that project just didn't work out with the people who I brought on for it. So I kept it in the tuck and was like, listen, I'm going to hold on to this because this name is fire. The logo is fire. Like, let me sit on this. So we opened up Gloucester. You know, we were just putting hoodies and T-shirts in there so that our members could have something to wear from a marketing side. Right. Customers started coming in and seeing Avenue Black, and they're like, yo, this is hot. Like, you know, and we were just doing T-shirts and hoodies at that point. So then my, you know, my eyes went off like, yo, this is an opportunity for a whole nother brand that hits a completely different demographic than what what Urbane is hitting in one space. So now we have two in-house brands that we operate and sell that, you know, can reach two different customers at the same time. So if you walk into Avenue Black, you know, we have Urbane on one side, Avenue Black on the other. You can kind of see customers' decision-making process as they walk into the store because they're like, oh, like this side is a little bit too loud for me. Let me go over to Avenue Black because it's more like a Calvin Klein, Hugo Boss, you know, more subtle, neutral colors. Urbane is more... Yeah, Urbane is more loud, um, statement pieces, you know, loud colors, you know, it's a little bit more fun. But the thing that I've noticed is people who are afraid of Urbane will shop Avenue Black first, but then the second or third time that they come in, it'll get them outside their comfort zone a little bit and they'll start to look at Urbane like, you know what, yo, I can rock these loud colors. You know what I'm saying? So like we thought so deep into like, you know, consumerism and you know, just the idea of having multiple streams of income within one space so that we don't have to solely rely on one thing to pay the bills. And that's the thing that, you know, is really going to be able to propel Avenue Black because the 11,000 square foot space that we're about to open up is going to be one, one of the largest event spaces in South Jersey, period. Like, easy. We could fit 600 people in there. Oh, wow. Monday through Friday, we do the co-working. So if you're working from home or like you're a creative and you don't want to work from the crib, you pay $40 a month. You can just come in, sit on the couch, be on your laptop, connect yeah. with other creatives, you know, use the Wi-Fi. But we also have space within that space that you can rent. So, like, we have another membership that's $200 a month to yep. where you get a certain amount of credits that you can utilize every month. So, like, if you do your own podcast, but you don't have the equipment and you don't have space to record at, we got a, you know, high-level space that you can come in. It's going to look dope. If you don't got a camera, we got cameras that you can rent. So, like, you know, we have that that concept pretty much down and Gloucester was really just our test to see like, yo, is this, is there a need for this in this area? And we saw bits and pieces of success in Gloucester and it was like, yo, we're not going to like go 50% and go get a 4,000 square foot space. If we're going to go in, we're going all in. So we went all in on the 11,000 square foot space. And one thing I try to communicate with people and tell them like, yo, like we're eliminating 90% of the risk for you. Right. Yeah. You don't have to go out and get your own equipment. You don't have to go rent a space. Yeah. 
we literally have everything in-house for you. But I know this is a concept that's new for people in South Jersey. So it's going to take them time to really grasp what the concept is. So that's that's kind of been like, you know, the 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 hurdles that we kind of had to overcome. But, you know, that's the concept in a whole. So I think hitting the right demographic when it comes to stuff like that and for for things to catch for me. Yeah. Uh, definitely up here in South Jersey is is a is a, is a very it's, it's, it's important. Yeah, because people, I mean, people out here is a little fucking naive to some of this stuff and hesitant. Man, I don't know why. I don't hesitant. I don't understand definitely. why. That's why everybody always moving to Atlanta, yeah. New York, or California. Something something that I see Maybe. is like you see a lot of people in South Jersey who have the talent and have everything that they need, but the thing is, they're eyes aren't as big as their mouth they'll talk about doing all these things right they'll talk about doing all these things like yo i want to be you know an artist or i want to be the next designer i want to do this i want to do that but when it comes to you know doing things that are actionable to get to those goals a lot of people in south jersey feel the need like oh well the market's not here so let me move to a bigger market Mm -hmm. and you know let me and that's that's their motivation that the motivation is i have to get to a bigger market so i can have a better chance. But you, they don't understand that, yo, if you build where you at, that's legacy. That's not temporary. That's long-term. And most people aren't thinking long-term. Like, for me to go open 11,000 square foot space, bro, I don't have to do that. Like, I don't, I don't have to. I'm at a point now where, like, we don't have to do that. But it's like, I got to be able to show people who are kids who are in high school that went to the Winslow Township High School, like I did, that, yo, you don't have to go to LA to be able to live your dream, bro. Like, we had two brands that was featured on the season premiere of Euphoria. At the same time, it's people who work their whole life to get to that. And we doing that right from the backyard. So it's like if, if, if you know, we got I got to kind of be the example for people to kind of see like, yo, you don't got to dip out. You don't have to leave. Like we have all the resources that you need right here, right now. And, you know, that's really what's, what the goal has been, you know, for me since I started designing. It was like, yo, I can move to L.A. I can move to Atlanta. Like we was just in L.A. for L.A. Fashion Week. We're going to get to that. Yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Appreciate you jumping the gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely fire, though. That shit is motivational. It's definitely yeah. inspiring from the fact you coming from our hometown, you know what I mean, or or where, we, where we've grown up around, you know what I mean? I'm from Chiz, Kev's yeah. from Wasako, Dre's from Philly, you know what I mean? We're all, if we're not 10 minutes, 25 minutes away from this area, and we've all grown up here, and you know, we've been to your places. We've kind of watched you grow from where we've met you to to now and see some trials and tribulations. And everything you've been doing is dope. I mean, I just was there last week copping up some yeah. clothes. No, nah, I appreciate spent, that, bro. Spent a couple of dollars in there. And I was highly, highly fucking impressed with, with just what I purchased. I mean, just yeah. going out and about, I was getting compliments left and right. And yeah, I was, Jack, it was shit fire. Just, yeah, it shit just made me feel good. And I was like, yo, man, mm-hmm. I gotta get some motion. I'm about to slide over to the Urbane side. Because mm-hmm. I got a lot of friends who come there and cop up, you know what I mean? So shit's definitely dope. Well, the, the person who really put us in, in in contact and told us to go over there is Francis London. Yeah, yeah. ugly. Yeah, nah, yeah. shout out to shout out to Jerz because you know he he's trying to like really put ugly duckling in a space that a lot of people in fashion haven't seen before and like you know me and him our relationship you know we had a really strong relationship for a minute you know we had a little falling out from the business side you know shit happens you know nothing for me is personal i always operate from a business side so it's like you know stuff on the business side is not 
you know, 100% right, then, you know, I'm not going to not f- fuck with you as a person. It's just we just not going to do business how we was doing business before. You feel me? So, like, you know, I got the utmost respect for Ugly Duckling. Like, the, the concept is so fire. You know, he was one of my first guests on when I started the Club Talk podcast last year. So, you know, he's just seeing where he was like a year and a half to two years ago to seeing where he going now. Like, bro, it, it, it just it's just a testament to show it doesn't matter where you at. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter where, where you live. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're building your brand. You can build it anywhere. And he's a testament to that. And, you know, I do utmost respect, you know, for the brand, for him, you know, as a creative. Um, you know, he's constantly trying to push those boundaries. So, like, there's people like that out here. Right. It's just like we got to get all these people in the same space and operate. Yeah. That's, that's the, that, And that's the barrier because, yeah. like, you start talking about Philly or major cities, like, the difference between a major city and South Jersey is you got millions of people per square mile in Philly. Right. Like you have the, like if you only get in 10% of them million, you still got a hundred thousand people in Jersey. If you don't have a car, like you don't have no transportation <laughs> where you, where you, where you can't, it's, it's difficult to maneuver and get around. Right. That's why yeah. everybody tries to go to a major city. Cause like, all right, there's more opportunity because there's millions of people per square mile. So this thing that we trying to build in Turnersville, like this shit is unheard of in a, not major city like the risk for us Absolutely. is 10 times higher you know and that's something that you know i don't have a problem taking the risk you know it, it ain't about the money for me it's about you know how many people's lives can we impact how many people can we get to see that you know there is a bigger vision than just you know trying to move to a big city and pop off like you know i think that's a, i think that's a cop-out for me like you you move to a bigger city and realistically, you think that there's more opportunity because it's a bigger city, but you got to remember that you have a million more people in that bigger city pursuing the same thing that you doing. Yep. So you a small fish in a big ocean. I'm trying to be the motherfucking ocean. Yeah. Like, Damn. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I get what you're saying because um, you, you got to look at it, man. Like this, a lot of people. South Jersey sometimes they don't stick to, they don't stick together when it's trying to. Nah, help it's too many. It's too many ego. It's too much. It's ego. too much ego because you see. You always see artists that pop off or fashion designers pop off in a certain area. You'd be like, yo, they was all, they all came up as kids. Prime example of in Virginia, when all them guys popped off, Timberland, Magoo, mm-hmm. the clips, and they was all they some of them all went to high school or their cousin yep. went to high school with this person, but they all linked up and said, All right, we just gonna come together as one, do our thing, and then we all split off. Where in South Jersey is like, yo, I'm doing a podcast. What the fuck are y'all like? What are y'all doing the podcast for? No, 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 no. First yeah. thing, the first thing that anybody say in South Jersey, and this is something that I learned. This was like even when I was in high school, like you tell somebody, like, yo, I'm about to start a clothing brand. Oh, everybody got a clothing brand. Yeah. yeah. Bro, like, why, like, why does that yep. why does that have to be the first exchange when I tell somebody, like, yo, like I'm thinking about doing this? But like, even bro, when I'm when I was out LA or like, or if I'm in a different city, the support that I get for the brand for motherfuckers who don't even know me, never seen me from a can of paint. Is ridiculous, and it's because of that. That's crazy. They don't know you. Crazy. You know what exactly. I'm saying? I I feel like when a person knows you or they grow up with you, they they don't have that same support because they feel like they know you. Oh, bro, you used to do this, or you used to do that. Yeah. Fuck what you used to be. Bro. You know, what it's I'm a saying? sense. It's a sense of entitlement too, though. Exactly. Like they think, like, oh well, you know, I knew you when you ain't had shit, so you know. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, I, 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 <laughs> I should get. I should get something. I should get like, something for that. You're not, like, getting, no, you're not getting nothing, man. Like, no. You're not supposed to grow and want more for yourself, period. Right. You know what I mean? So that is because we went through the same thing with the podcast. And 
when we were telling people, yeah, we, we doing a podcast. Oh, yeah, y'all doing a podcast. There's a lot of people doing podcasts out there. What's, what, 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 or what is a podcast? Like, yeah, can well, you make any money off yeah, You make yeah. any money off I'm like, yo, it, yeah, it yeah. takes time. It's like, and we reinvented ourselves. Like, I, yeah. it just, it just, I just hate when people have that mindset. And then when they see you blow, now they want to feel as though they're a part of it. It's like, yeah, they want to piece know, of that um, vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. They, they do. want a piece. No, but that that was something else that, like, you know, when we talk about creating boundaries, that's something that I had to learn, too, was, like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm a very helpful person. If somebody hit me up and asked me for help, a lot of times, you know, I'll overextend myself to make sure somebody else got the help that they need or the resource or the information. But I had to take a step back when I started to realize that all the help that I was giving out wasn't necessarily, you know, beneficial to anything that I was trying to do or pursue, or it was taking Mm -hmm. time away from things that I was trying to do. So then I began to put a dollar amount on my time. Mm -hmm. So instead of somebody hitting me up and be like, yo, bro, you know, I want to pick your brain like me two years ago. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, bro. You know, let's set up a call six o'clock. You know, let's do it. Now I'm going to send you a link and tell you to book a consultation. And if you're not trying to pay me $200 an hour to have that conversation, then realistically, what are we talking about? And then I started seeing people's energy change towards me the moment that I started valuing my time at the time, at the level that I valued it. Cause you know, people try to throw the word collaboration out, but collaboration, not community service. And that's how I operate now. Like, yo, I don't do community service like that. Mm-hmm. anymore. If you got a business and you trying to get your business to the next level and you want to utilize me for your business. Oh, we, we, we going, I'm going to send you an invoice or we're going to, you're going to pay me for that time because the time that I'm not putting in my own business, I can't afford to put it into your business for free. Right. I got bills. I got Turnersville, bro, that's a $15,000 a month of rent. Like, yeah, I don't got time. I don't have time to, uh, like... You heard what he said? I heard you. I heard you. Heard, <laughs> you, heard, you heard what he said? Stop cutting them the fuck off. Let oh, I just wanted y'all to hear what he said. That's all. Let him finish his thoughts. No, so I just wanted y'all to hear. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, it's just, it's just like, man, people really just don't understand, man. Like, once you understand the value that you can add to any situation, like, any room that I walk into, I know there's a way for me to add value because what I'm going to do first, I'm always going to listen. I'm not going to talk first when I get into the room. I'm going to figure out, all right, you know, what's the value that I can add? Is it, you know, resources? Is it information? Is it just, you know, supporting somebody else's point because it's validated? You know, it's just once you start to operate in that light, you begin to see that, you know, your time is very valuable. And once I realized that, like, I don't do free stuff no more. Like somebody hit me up to talk at, speak at an event. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, this is, this is my rate. That's right. And they told me like, well, you know, we don't feel like, you know, you're worth that rate. Okay, cool. It's it's not for you to determine what my value is. I determine what my value is. So, you know, that's something I had to learn too. That's hilarious. You know, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the guy. His name is David Shands. And I learned that like that type of thinking from him. He he has a podcast. It's um, mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. Maybe I just don't want to plug it. But nah, it's a uh, <laughs> weird podcast. No, 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 no. It's called um, it's, it's called Social Proof Podcast. Because no, I really learned a lot from just his content. Period. And I learned that from them because that's their whole model. Like when it comes to like teaching someone something. Now the thing is, you also weed out those people. I used to make beats, right? Mm-hmm. So. A lot of times you get so many people who want to waste your time, dog. It's it's, it's insane. Everybody has such a high opinion of themselves. They mm-hmm. some people telling you, yo, I'm about to do a remix with two chains, I'm about to do this, I'm about to do that. So, you know, you give your time to them. 
And then you, you know, a year later when nothing comes from it, you just left, you know, holding it, you know, holding your nuts. But when you assign that, that dollar amount to your time, which I think is reasonable, if you want to get to the next level, you know what right. I mean? People who back off of that and say, oh, no, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Cool. You didn't waste my time. So I think that I think a lot of people that really do their thing should do that. But yeah, they actually have to something that's, <laughs> that's a respect factor, too. It's like people who, you know, if I tell somebody my price and they're like, hey, listen, you know, if I had it, I would book you, but I don't. That's somebody I, I'll, I'll negotiate with. Okay. But I'm not going to negotiate with the person who immediately downplays my price. Like, if you, like, yo, you know, 200 is just outside my price range. Like, you know, I really would love to work with you, but, you know, I'll get back with you, you know, when, you know, I have, you know, more, you know, income or more, you know, disposable income to be able to book that. I'll send you a voucher for 25% off or 50% off. Because I know you still want to work, but it's just a matter of, like, I read people's reactions at this point. Like, I'll say something just to see what the reaction is, to see how the energy is going to be. And if the energy is not right, I'm not going to work with you because, bro, I can take... Like I can take a clothing brand from phase one to phase three or four in one meeting. Like I can give you all the resources that you need in one meeting so that you don't have to go through all the bullshit that I already went through. That's well worth $200. Well Absolutely. worth more. And, right. And one way I was able to filter that now was like, all right, you know what? Instead of me trying to filter people on my own and waste my own time to filter people. All right. You want to do a consultation? I dropped this ebook. Five tips to start your brand. That's Buy right. the ebook for $25, right? Get through the ebook because then when we go into a consultation, it's not a matter of me trying to work out your thoughts. It's a matter of you bought the ebook, you already worked out your thoughts. Now we can work on actionable items for the next hour. So, you know, that was me just trying to like streamline my process and understanding the value of my time. Now I don't got to waste an hour just for you, just for you to figure out what your brand is. Now we can utilize a whole hour for you to really get to the next step. And, you know, some people don't see, they don't think that deep, but like, yeah. I'm always thinking way deeper than the average person. Is. And, it, and it can't hurt to have those emails on file. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. But nah, it you makes, know, that, that, that makes, <laughs> that's half the battle right there. All that, all that shit makes, a, it makes a lot of sense, man. It, you know what I mean? Because like he said, his, uh, his time is valuable, man. That $200 you, that you Telling people you charge it for is two hundred dollars. You can be making on your fucking own somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And and it cuts out the bullshit. Because if we would have had paid two hundred dollars for somebody to help us figure out how this podcast, I it would it would have saved us saved you so much bread and so much. It time. saved us a lot of bread. We dollars. We went through yeah. so many different mics, cameras, yeah. equipment. I'm like, God damn! But we didn't. You know, we didn't know. How to do it? We were just some. We were just picking this shit up, reading this shit on our own. Learn this mm-hmm. shit yeah, every other day. So, it, but it, now you look at it like this: like y'all go ahead and drop an ebook. You know, five steps to starting your podcast. Sell that joint for nine ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, whatever it is. It now you don't even. Yep. Now you don't even <laughs> got to answer those questions. You feel me? Like it's just, yeah. yeah, man. It's just understanding, streamlining processes, man. That's something that we're not taught in our community, though. In the no. black community, we're not taught structure. Um, you know, structure. Um, SOPs. you know, um, systems. None of that. We're not taught yeah. none of that. So we're literally just figuring things out as we go, but we have to be able to pay that information back somehow, some way, whether somebody has to pay for it or, you know, it's just us giving out gems. Like, you know, I do a lot. I try to hop on as many podcasts as I can because that's an opportunity for me to talk, you know, and give people gems for free versus me charging you 200 or something dollars. Like, oh, no, just go listen to this podcast. I covered that right on there. 
Like, you know, so, yeah. That's crazy. Nah, that's, that's a perfect thing. Go ahead. So, like, when it, when it comes to that, your space. So I'm going to bring it back to that. Yeah. Because I feel like we got a lot of stuff to get to. So when it comes to your space, I always said that right there is probably the, the thing that's missing anyway. We know it's us. We got a podcast. We know a bunch of other people with podcasts. And it always seems like everything is so spread out. So like we started our podcast, not, not against these guys. These guys are great. We started our podcast before Gillian them. We start like, mm-hmm. it's been a long time, but there's so many of them that everybody kind of gets into the space and says, nah, this, this mine. Right. You know what I'm saying? But the, the, the thing that's missing, I feel like is the space where everybody can connect. Like people exactly. throw conferences, like podcasting conferences. What's to say that, in a space like yours, we can't throw a pot, which was also an idea that I had. Um, mm-hmm. In a space like yours, we can't do a podcasting conference where Gillian Wallow, obviously they get, they get paid, will come yeah. speak and, and go over their story where people like us can get, you know what I mean? Networking. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I'm getting at. Networking. I think that's what's missing with all this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Is networking. And, and your space is a space where people can come do that and then maintain that connection. Yeah. Right. And it's the thing I mean, is like, the thing is, with the app that we utilize for Avenue Black, the co-working side, it has almost its own social media built in. Right. So, like, say you're a member, you know, and, you know, you need a photographer. You can go into the search bar and click photographer and yep. any members that are photographers will pop up. But also on the flip side, Avenue Black is actually an agency, too. So we actually on take work for a client. So, like, if a client comes to Avenue Black... And they're like, you know, hey, you know, we need uh, a campaign shoot done. We have in-house photographers, one, who are our members, who will go through our list and we'll see, all right, which photographer will be the best fit for this brand. Then we'll reach out to the photographer. We get a referral fee on the booking, but then we give them access to the studio to do the campaign. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, we have ways that our members can get paid, too. It's not just, you know, you're a member and we're going to do the dopest events anybody ever seen. We're going to be doing galas, sneaker balls. Um, you know, live, you know, live podcast joins. Like if y'all want to do a live podcast, we do that. But then we also got fun shit. We got like cigar rolling classes and, you know, candle making classes and yep. dance classes. And like, you know, this is really like the we work version, but by us. Word. And we don't have and it ain't no investors. We funding this a hundred percent with our, our names on it. Like it ain't no like, you know, oh, we got a million dollars worth of funding from you know, XYZ incorporated. And it's just, you know, nah, like we're taking out loans under our names to get shit done that we got to get done. It ain't no, Oh, we got an investor coming in giving us 2 million. Here y'all go. Like, that's why I say we taking on 90% of the risk. And a lot of people just don't understand that. And I don't, you know, I'm not using that as a cop out. Like, yeah, we taking a risk. So y'all got to fuck with us. Nah, like we're trying to build something in South Jersey for y'all. And if y'all don't see the opportunity or take advantage of it, that's going to be on y'all because we this shit going to move regardless whether you're here or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always support that. Yeah. And you know, I'm always support that. Just, hopefully they join, you know, hopefully they catch on, man, because it, I just hate when people want to catch on when the shit's already built and established. Like, oh, man, I was fucking with y'all from the beginning. No, you wasn't. It was like I had to beat you in the head with this shit. Yeah. And you still wouldn't deal with it. Like, I don't... Not only that, but, like, the, the people... The half supporters, you know what I'm saying? The ones who be like, oh, yeah, I like your stuff. Or, yeah, I seen that one, Joan. Or the ones who don't share, who don't take the time to put a little support in or, or invest in or, you know what I mean, actually tell people about your shit. They just tell you how they seen it. 
That's it. It's not the same as supporting it. You know. Yep. Yo, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know that. It's wild. It's wild too, because like from my side, like if I step outside of who I am, right, and I look at like if I'm another, if I'm a designer from this area, and I see someone doing something that I'm trying to do, right? Why would I not want to work with them? Uh-huh. And that's the thing that like. It's ego. A lot of it is ego because they don't want to seem like, oh, well, he's above me. So if I work with him, that's how it seems. Nah, bro. I'm stepping step with everybody. I don't care if you screen printing T-shirts or you out here on, you know, New York Fashion Week. At the end of the day, we all on the same playing field because we're all doing we're all making the same product. We're sell- right. we're developing a product and we're selling it to a consumer. I don't give a fuck what the levels are. We all here. And it's just like we got a store in Defer Mall. You got a brand in South Jersey. Why would you not want to be in one of our locations or one of our stores? Like, that's what I think. But everybody doesn't think like that. The first thing that everybody thinks is like, nah, it's an ego thing. Like, I wouldn't, I don't want to be in his store. Like, that's his store. I don't want to be in his store. Bro, but it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to be able to sell your product to people who may never have seen your shit anyway. It's so crab, it's like, it's an ego thing, bro. Crab in the bucket mentality, man. I mean, right. it's been a plague of plague of our community for a freaking longest. I don't understand why people still do that shit, man. It's like, the reason other races and everything move along so smoothly is because they all work together. They see yeah. one person doing something. They don't knock his hustle. They say, you know, they see you doing something and somebody has information on this, give you a tip or two and tell you, you know, I show a little bit of support. Hopefully, you get along on your way. Whereas here is like, uh, you starting a fashion brand. I got a fashion brand. Automatically, in my eyes, you're my you're my competition. I got to knock you out, and I got to get you out the way so I can get on. It's like you Bro, don't McDonald's, have to do that. McDonald's, McDonald's, Burger King, they all on the same block, right across the street. Yes, right across the street. So like, I don't, all that, all that, you know, we do the same thing stuff. It, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. regard, there's millions and there's billions of people in the world. Bro, you you only need one percent. Not even you need 05 percent for you to have a successful business. You need fifty people that buy your product consistently. Everybody wants to sell to a million people. You just need fifty people that buy your product consistently. If you got a product that sells for seventy dollars or eighty dollars, and you got fifty people that are willing to purchase it, or a hundred people and fifty percent fifty percent of them purchase it when you drop it, bro, you got a successful business model. Right. It doesn't matter what you sell, but people get so caught up in the numbers and not in the percentages. The strength is in the percentages because when you begin to grow your numbers, the percentages can stay the same and you'll still grow your business. And that's what people get so caught up in. Like, oh, well, I got these 20 people that's a sick little that fuck with my brand. So I can't have them fuck with yours. Like, nah, bro. Like, that's not how consumerism works. That's not how right. a capitalistic environment, government, none of that. That's not how it works. Capitalism is made for us to spend more of our money on these things. Wow. Not There's only plenty that, of opportunities. If, if they don't like what you have, or they can like what you have and like what someone else has, exactly, and still spend on both sides of the table. Or right. you can like one podcast. And I do a podcast and I like hella podcasts. Yeah, me too. You know what I'm yeah. I listen to a lot of different people. You know what I'm saying? And it wouldn't ever stop me from working with them. I mean, the sh- people that I listen to, I'd love to work with. That's yeah, of course. Right <laughs> of course. But, mm. but, it wouldn't matter, you know what I'm saying? Like none of that matters. Like like the whole thing when you said McDonald's and Burger King, a person can like both. They can have McDonald's on Monday and Burger King and on Burger King Wednesday. on too. That's right. Uh, you can have it in the same day, day if you want. Uh, right. <laughs> if you're feeling frisky. Yeah. Yeah. If, you feel, if you're feeling fat, like me, yeah, you might just feel like wasting a lot of toilet paper. Breakfast and dinner, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? But 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 you can do that and still not feel obligated to 
have to only deal with one. I like McDonald's. I can't fuck with Burger King. You know what I'm saying? But as a consumer myself, I like a, a lot of different things. So something might attract me more than others. But at times, it's not always going to be like that. Some You could have something at Avenue Black that attracts me and I see all these different things. I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that. And I'm, start, I'm purchasing, I'm purchasing. And then something else catches my eye. I might go over there and purchase. Doesn't necessarily mean that I'm done purchasing it. That's wealth. Black. You know what I mean? It just means that I like what I like. I'm going to be back, especially if I'm a supporter. I'm not going to stop supporting. I just like something, you know what I'm saying? That's just yeah. it. And, and people with different characteristics and different thought processes are going to go through that. You know what I mean? They're going to like something. They're going to like something else. That's just how it's going to be. The competition of you trying to knock somebody out the box in this day and time should be obsolete because so so many social medias, uh, so many outlets for you to be able to do this and the third, it's hard for you to just knock somebody out the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's other ways yeah. that they can get to it. They ain't got to go to the store. They can go online. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so easy right now to to reach out to people. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just so, corny. Let's 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 move forward a little bit. How does one get two brands featured on this? I don't know if y'all ever watched Euphoria, but that that shit is real. Uh, I'm yeah. on the first season. I just finished it, and I have to like start the second season and get. But how? But I haven't yet. How, yeah, that, no, it's real. Yeah, it's yo. You know what? It reminds me of your <laughs> high school. Your high school experience, just drugging and sexing. Yeah. Oh, that joke! Oh yeah, yeah, my girl watches that joke. Look, I say yeah, sexing. Yeah. Look, look, guess who wakes up? Nah, nah, I wake up. My girl watches cocaine. Sex? <laughs> what? I know Spider- that. Spider Man girlfriend on there. She's a she's a druggie. Z- respect. Oh, it's Zendaya. It's Zendaya. 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 Yes, just respect her. All right. Spider Man's girlfriend. All right. So. How, how in the world do you, does that happen? Does that just come about? Well, clearly, you work for it, but how does that come about? So, I mean, this I was in L.A. three three years ago, and I went out one night to this club called The Jardin. I never knew who Eric Bellinger was until that day. He oh, was wow. doing an album. He was doing an album release, drawing like a mixtape release or EP release right. at La Jardin. I didn't even know this was going on. I was literally just pulled up on a Thursday night. So, you know, me, I'm in there just networking. Every person I meet, like, yo, what's your name? You know, what's your Instagram? I'm a designer from Jersey, da 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 da. Every person I meet, they got like 500,000 followers. I'm like, mm. all right, like maybe I need to move to LA, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I ended up connecting with um, this stylist named Heidi. And, um, you know, we exchanged info. Um, and then 2020, like the latter end of 2020, she hit me up through the email and was like, hey, listen, you know, I'm doing styling for Euphoria. She was like, you know, I would love to get your brand placement. So I'm like, all right, like, you know what you need. Send her the link. She went through the website. She was like, yeah, uh, send this suede bomber jacket out. And then I was like, oh, I got another brand too. You know, I can send you some stuff. She's like, all right, send the line sheet. So I sent the line sheet. She responded uh, like a couple of days later after she received the items. And she was like, you know, algae loves the, you know, the, uh, the Avenue Black Tea and the Bombers. He's like, can you send a couple more teas? Because we'll be shooting a couple different scenes. You know, we want to make sure that the tea's fresh, you know, whatever they are. Uh, right. So I sent out an extra two teas and then didn't hear from her since. I was on vacation in Arizona when the episode dropped. My phone was on D&D. Me and my girl was out in Arizona. Mm. Phone was on D&D. I was doing like a little disconnect trip. I didn't want to have to deal with nothing. Like, yo, let me disconnect. My phone started buzzing. I didn't even know the episode dropped. 
everybody hit me in the DM like, yo, you Avenue Black and Urbane's on Euphoria and season premiere, da 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 da. I'm like, hold up. So I go to Instagram and then I turn the show on and I'm like, yo. But I didn't even know none of this was happening. It was like a seed that I just planted a long time ago that, you know, just it just happened. Because, like, I sent stuff out to stylists before and it didn't get placed. So, like, I didn't think nothing. I was like, all right, you know, it's cool, whatever, Euphoria, da da da, like, whatever. Come to find out, Euphoria, the hottest show. Yes. One of the hottest shows <laughs> streamed ever. And it had season two premiere had the most views of any series ever in history. Sheesh. Click and on. I had two and I had two brands in there that I didn't even know like were gonna be in there. So like when it happened, it was a crazy ass moment in Arizona. But literally 10 to 15 minutes later, I was like, fuck, the website's not primed and ready for this. Mm. The product's not in stock, like the product sold out. Like <sighs> I can't even maximize this opportunity because I didn't even know it was happening. So like, you know, that was something on my side where like I, I was really tough on myself about it. I was like, yo, I missed a crazy opportunity because you know, the brand wasn't ready, but it was nothing I could do to prepare for that because I didn't know. Yeah. And, you know, after, you know, that happened, like 10, 15 minutes later, I was like, yo, fuck it. We got on Euphoria. What's next? Right. Like next week, somebody sent me an article from Complex. They was like, you know, or they was um Complex made an article. It was about, you know, the hottest underground brands in Euphoria, seen in Euphoria. Mm, and Urbane by Charles J. Urbane by Charles J was the uh, suede bomber jacket. Had a whole description of the product. All of that was in the uh, complex joint. Then I got a um, I got a phone call when I was on my way to Arizona from LA Fashion Week. Like I was at the airport by the board of flight, and they was like, "Yo, you know, um, you know, we seen your brand, you know, online. We seen your brand online on Instagram. You know, we want you to come out for the show. These are all the details that it does. It's gonna be a mark." I'm like, oh, like shit about to turn up. So, you know, that was the call that we got for LA Fashion Week. So, like, all this shit happened in the span of like four to five days. Wow. Wow. It was the call from LA Fashion Week, then complex, then uh Euphoria, then Complex. And it was just like, yo, these is all seeds that like this, this just a testament to the work I put in for the last seven years, bro. It took me seven years to get to this point. Right. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people want shit to happen overnight. Like, and I know for me, like, my shit's not overnight because when when I pop off. I'm going to stick for a long time. It ain't like I'm going to be here and I'm just going to drop. Like, right. now, nah, like, y'all think motherfuckers going to be tired of seeing me. Like, that's how I look at it. It's so it's just like, yeah. And then, you know, everything just started to fall into place. And, you know, we, we just, I'm just a huge person that's just like, yo, shit's going to happen. Things going to go wrong. We just got to keep figuring this shit out. And the more that we go, the more knowledge that we gain, the easier it's going to be for us to deal with stuff. Right. Like, well, we had a leak. This was, after I came back from Arizona, we had a leak in the stock room at the store, lost $30,000 worth of product. Bro, I could have like, bro, and everybody was hitting me like, yo, I can't believe this, da 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 I'm like, and I'm just like, yo, you know what? It's all good. You know, we're we going to be straight. Like, we're going to be good. We, I mean, shit happens. Ain't nothing, I can't control, I can't do nothing about that. Right. Absolutely. So, like, now, like, I've been, my fuck it has been, like, at an all-time high. Like, Word. there's Word. nothing. Like, bro, I defeated cancer at age two. Right. What else is God going to throw at me that I can't handle? Like, let's be honest. Nothing. Like, it, it doesn't matter what I go through. Like, I'm, I'm always going to find a way. That's just, that's just what I do. I hope people pick that gym up. When shit is hand, when life hands you something, man, just take, take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. There's so many times people throw you something and you just... 
you look at it, oh, it'll happen again. It never, you know what I mean? A situation like that probably would never happen again. But, yeah, I mean, you took full advantage of it when it came and you you got right on it. You did, you know, you did what you were supposed to do. That's that's like pre- like preparation. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did they, what's, what's the famous line about, um, you know, what, like I don't get it. I, I ain't Confucius. <laughs> I ain't Confucius. <laughs> you ain't Confucius. You're not. No. Oh that's, my that's god. A I'm a, I'm a sure that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm gonna start telling that shit to my wife. She's gonna be asking me to take the trash out. I ain't Confucius. I'm not Confucius. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna be like, well, nigga, you must be confused, nigga. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like like preparation. It, it, it's just like us doing this. I know we always swing it back to the podcast, but shit, we doing the podcast. Like we've been doing this for years, and it don't matter what the views look like, even though we getting about you know four to five thousand a month. Like once that shit goes, we've been doing this shit for so long that it's easy just to be, sustain. It's yeah, easy once to it hit, it's like oh, we already rolling. It's riding yeah. like. Yep. Just got to make sure we have that. And how do you keep that mindset? You know, how do you keep the mindset from your early stages to now that like, because I see people get, no, no, people get so big headed. <laughs> they wind up fucking, they wind up messing themselves up. They wind up like, I'm, I'm the shit. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Like, do you keep that humble attitude? Like, yo, I'm still willing to learn from anybody who's willing to teach me. I mean, how I look at it is like this. You know, and it's something I, I, when I first started designing, you know, even when I was in high school, people used to tell me like, yo, you cocky. Like you really cocky because I, I was a, I was a pooper. Like I played basketball. Like you're not about to get on the court and you're not about to talk to me crazy. Like I'm some bum because I ain't no bum. Like, so, you know, people will test you. And, you know, a lot of people who project their insecurities onto you will tell you that they're, that you're cocky. Mm. No, bro, I'm just confident in because I know anything that I do is going to be done at a certain level. And if it's not done at that level, I'm just not going to do it or I'm not going to put it out. And like, you know, when you're going through things like where like you're always going to be dealt with obstacles. And it's not that you're going it's not that things are going to get easier on your journey. You just get better. Like you if you're a basketball player and, you know, you in the playoffs. You know, if you've been in that position three or four times already where you missed that shot, you probably you gonna still take that shot. It doesn't like it's not gonna affect you mentally. It's gonna be like, yo, I'm gonna keep shooting until it goes in. Uh-huh. And you gotta be okay with failing out loud. And that's something that I've been willing to do, you know, ever since I started. Like, even with Gloucester, it was mad people who was telling other people, like, yeah, you know, they had to leave Gloucester because they couldn't pay the rent or they wasn't making bread and da da da. Like, bro, like people are gonna talk. And the thing is, if you're doing something right, they're gonna keep talking about you. And that's why, like, you really got to have tunnel vision and just lock in and be like, yo, listen, where I'm trying to go, one, everybody can't go with me. And two, ain't nothing going to stop me when, I, when, I, when I'm on this journey. Like, bro, like, we went from the 30K, losing 30K and worth of inventory right into the L.A. situation. It was a two-week, three-week buffer period in between that. Most niggas would have been like, oh, nah, bro, like, God. <laughs> I'm, throwing, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing in the towel because it's like you know you're going to have a lot of breakdowns before a breakthrough and that was something that I had to understand that was like yo the, the more that I have to fight and get through these obstacles like something bigger is on the way and if, it, if, if something bigger doesn't happen right now I know it's going to be paid 10 times, 10 times more if I get it later 
If I don't get it right now, I'm going to get it 10 times bigger later on. And that's just the mindset that you got to have, especially as an entrepreneur. Like, bro, like when you're in control of, you know, how you pay your bills, your business, like everything falls on you. That's why, like I tell people, like when I was working a nine to five, I could go into my nine to five and fuck up. Because I don't got to deal with the consequence of my fuck up. If we don't make ourselves go for the week or we miss a day, uh, well, fuck it. Like, this ain't my business. Fuck it. But now it's like, well, we don't hit our numbers. Like, I wrote myself my first paycheck in January, bro. In a year and a half, I did not write myself a paycheck. I paid my employees before I paid myself. Right. Like, that shit that you got to do when you, I mean, when you a boss. Like, you got to be willing to take care of your employees before you take care of yourself. And, like, that was just shit that I had to deal with in the midst of all of the shit that's been going on. And it's just, like, at this point, it's like, bro, like, this is all you got for me? The, you, the L.A. joint? You going to maybe lose 30K worth of inventory? What else you got? Get, let me get all of that. Just let me get it now. Like, I'm ready for that. That's what's up. Speaking of L.A. Real shit. Speaking of L.A. So what? <laughs> can, can you kind of walk us through uh, your, ex, your experience just out there? You know what I mean from from start to finish. Your experience right. out there, like you know I what I mean. Why you was out there? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I was saying, when we was when I was on my way to Arizona, I got the call for LA Fashion Week. Um, it was uh, by the N- NYFMC, which is the New York Fashion and Music Conference. They was doing one in LA, so they had one fashion show. It wasn't like a staple show. It wasn't like you know Gucci, Burberry, all of them. It was a smaller show, but Something that I said in this blog that we about to drop is you got to get to a point and understand that it doesn't matter the the opportunity. You have to take advantage of every opportunity that comes to you. It doesn't matter if it's five people in the building or 5,000. You got to go out and you got to perform at the highest level, regardless of who's in the building. And that's been my mindset for this year. Was like, Because I was passing up on too many opportunities. Like People would hit me for like smaller shows. And I'd be like, nah, like, you know, we, we did that already. Like, I'm good. But now it's like, nah, we, that's, that's how we got here was taking advantage of all the opportunities that came through. So we got the call. I was like, all right, bet. We had to pay a little bit of bread for the LA Fashion Week show. I think it was like 1200 1500 something like that. Paid that. And was like, yo, all right, you know, we out there. So, you know, I'm on the flight to LA. It's crazy because this whole trip was fucked up from the beginning. So we on the airplane. My homie who worked at the Hilton got us a room for the low, downtown LA. On the ride there, you know, something happened with her job. So I had to find somewhere to stay. Damn. I'm on there getting the Wi-Fi while I'm on the plane. I'm like, all right, we got to book this Airbnb. I see an Airbnb. It was originally like $1,000 a night. It was dropped down to like 220 for nice. these day span. So we got that. It was a, like a mansion crib. Not like a mansion, but it was a decent-sized crib in Whittier in the hills. Had a pool, hot, all that. Like, I mean, we didn't really care about that. But so long story short, we had to book that, get there, boom. Get to LA, you know, we got, um, the first day we was there, we just got some food, chilled. Then the next day, me and my videographer are going, we go get my hair cut by my boy, Alan McMurrin. Uh, he from Sickleville and he got a barbershop in LA. So we went and got a cut, linked up with him, da da. We go to the fitting. Fitting is crazy. I literally got a line full of models and I got to pick which ones I want for the show. Did that. Then I had to style all of them on the spot. We left there, went and grabbed food. Everything was like a vibe. And then we went and did a photo shoot out there with a model named Sheree McCain that we linked up with. Okay. Banged out the photo shoot. Next day is the show. So, you know, we go out, get something to eat. Call time for the show is at 2.30. We pull up, you know, park the whip, bring everything up, body the whole show. 
probably was the best brand in the show. I'm not even piping, like, but crowd was going crazy when we came out, all of that. Show's over. Uh, you know, like, yo, you know, let's celebrate, yo. We had a hell of a two days. You know, let's go out. Let's celebrate. We go out to go get some food downtown L.A. It was difficult to find parking on the street. So I was like, all right, you know, let, let's pull in. You know, it's a parking lot right here. Pull into the parking lot, park, pay, leave. Bro, we going for like 45 minutes max. Like we got there at 8 and was back at the whip by like 9, 9.15. 8, everything. Come back to the car. Windows busted on the rental. My camera stolen, five thousand dollars. My laptop was forty three hundred. Um, my suitcase that had all the clothes in it from Fashion Week was about thirteen or twelve, thirteen to twelve or thirteen thousand dollars worth of clothes. All my vegan leather shit, going. My my videographer's drone, one of his lenses, um, all of that shit stolen. So capped out at about probably like twenty five to thirty k worth of shit stolen out the car. And bro, oh, like I, the crazy thing is we pulled up to the lot, got out the car. I didn't scope the lot because like I'm on a high from the show. So I'm like, yo, let's just go get something to eat. Cool. Right. We come back. We come back to the car. We see that it's busted. I see it's two dudes and a girl on the other side of the parking lot graffiti in the wall. One dude was dressed in all blue, had an L.A. tat so on his face. So, you know, he a crip. I'm scared. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I walk over there. I'm like, yo, like, I was like, yo, how long y'all been here? They was like, yo, we've been here for like 20, 30 minutes. I was like, yo, y'all ain't seen nobody bust a window out the car, uh, you know, and take a bunch of stuff. They was like, nah, what they stole y'all camera equipment. And I was just sitting there like. <sighs> and it was just like, you know, it was a crazy moment because it was like, you know, this could be a life or death situation. And it's like, I'm not about to press the button. Because if I press the button, I don't know how this is going to go, and I'm not from here. Right. So it's like, you know, you kind of just got to eat it. So, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, thanks, man, whatever, that, and I walk away. So we sit in there for, we call LAPD. LAPD, we waited for two hours. LAPD never showed oh up. Oh, God. The dude and the two dudes and the girl still over there. So I walk back over. I'm like, yo, y'all really ain't see nobody? He was like, nah, why? What's up? And I was just like. I'm just sitting here looking at him like, so I'm looking at the license plate. I got my phone out. I text myself the license plate. You know, I wasn't trying to record him or nothing because I, I mean, text myself the license plate. I'm like, all right, man, whatever, dog. So I just walk over, walk out, walk back to the car. They start packing their stuff up, but like, they're not in a rush. They just packing their stuff up, you know, getting ready to leave. Bruh, they start driving off. I'm like, nah, man, let me record these motherfuckers, man. So I put my phone out. It was God, bro. My camera would not work. It wouldn't work. Like, I could not record. Like, I tried to record them. I couldn't. Dude, hop out the car. Walk up. Like, yo, cuz, you recording me? Oh, and I'm just like, nah, like, yo, what you talking about? Like, he's like, nah, let me see that camera roll. And I'm like, so I'm thinking it was recording, but it wasn't. So I go to the camera roll. It's not there. Oh, he's man. like, nah, yo, go to, your, go to your deleted. So I go to the deleted. Nothing there. And then, like, he just literally started walking, but he was, like, walking backwards but facing us so that we couldn't see the car or nothing. Like, the license plate, got in the whip, drove off. We waited, like, another hour. Cops ain't show up. So we driving around looking for the cops. Mm. I pull up. We pull up to the cop. We was beeping the horn. He keep driving. You know, we literally had to pull up next to him. I got out the car and was like, yo, like, 
we had a situation our car got broken into. You know, they said they had an officer that was that was, you know, on the call and was supposed to be pulling up. He never pulled up. Like, yo, like, what's up? Like, y'all going to help us out? Well, no, if they already called an officer and assigned it to him, it's nothing that we can do. And then they pulled off. That's crazy. So, mind you, windows busted. I got to drive an hour and a half back to the to the Airbnb. And we just sitting in the car like, yo, I can't fucking believe this shit. But then, like, I just literally said something and was like, yo, you know what? Like, it ain't shit that we can do about it, bro. Like, this shit happened. You know what I mean? It ain't nothing we can do about it. And it's crazy because two weeks before that, we claimed the business insurance stuff for the leak that was in the stock room. So I can't even do a business insurance claim or our insurance company is going to drop us. Wow. So we can't even do a claim for the shit that we lost in LA. So, you know, it's just like, and the thing is, we have a whole vlog that we're going to drop, like a whole joint that we're going to drop. And it's crazy because the day before, that was um, the day we were there, the show was on the 30th of March. Nipsey's death anniversary was on the 31st. Right? right? Yeah. So we were at, we was at Nipsey's dispensary the day before the, the day before the show shot a little vlog joint, like, you know, paying homage, grab, you know, grabbed a bunch of weed, all of that, whatever. And on my ride to the dispensary, we have it in the vlog. I was literally saying like, bro, at the end of the day, whatever happens from here until Friday, we showed up. Regardless of what happens in the next couple of days, we showed up and we did what we, you know, we came, we showed up. That's 90% of the battle is showing up. Anything else that happens, you know, it doesn't matter at that point. And it was just like, you know, life is about something I said in it, too, is because um, my book that I'm going to release next year is actually called Moments. And like the idea is that, you know, we get so caught up in these moments that they consume us. But we can create a new moment four to five minutes later or 10, sec- 10 seconds later and completely change our mindset. I literally said that in the vlog the day before we got robbed. So it's just like all of this shit is premeditated, bro. Like that situation is too perfect. Within 45 minutes, everything in the car goes missing Crazy. and the car gets broken into. All of that shit is too perfect. And it's, the, it's literally the day the day before Nipsey's. Uh, and I'm, I talk about Nipsey all the time. That's why I'm just like, yo, I know this was premeditated. Like I, this is all written. There's nothing that I could have done for this not to happen. It was bound to. It was going to happen. It was in God's. You know, scripture that like you know these niggas is gonna get robbed on this day. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's like, what he it, said. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just nothing that we could do to change the change the situation, but we can control the outcome. And literally, the vlog like flows so crazy because it talks all the verbiage that I was using was the day before we got that situation. And it's just like you know, for you to feel like you on top of the world. And then you, you know, what he, like what we was talking about earlier about humbling yourself, bro, like that's a humbling moment. Like, nah, yo, you could feel like you're on top of the world and all that shit could be taken from you. And it's crazy because Nipsey's house got raided and the cops stole all his equipment and he had to start over. Right. Dang. Which so is crazy. So correla- yeah. the correlations for me is just like, bro, like I'm God, I'm not, I'm God sent. This is me- like, I'm meant, I'm meant to be, to go through this. I'm meant to be next up. I just got to keep my head down and keep working. Cause ain't like bro, people was saying like, yo, like why LA not didn't fuck you up like that? I was like, bro, I've already been through the biggest battle of my life. I don't all this other shit doesn't matter. And that's been my mindset from day one. Just like, yo, anything that I go through, biggest battle, I already beat it. I fought it, beat it already. Anything else, bro, you can throw anything at me. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, bro. Like, 
such a big lesson right there. That's uh, that's a huge lesson. That's that's a, that's a testament right there, bro. That's a, a testament to your strength, man. Your character show who you are. That just, by hearing that story, that just let me know that you that's you are destined to be something great. Because yeah. most motherfuckers would have folded like a like a chair, like a lawn chair, man. In that mm-hmm. situation, but like you know what, I done lost sixty k. In the matter mm. of a couple, couple of in a couple of month, in a month or so, like I lost 60k. Like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Like, I, I can't fuck with this shit no more. Like, I can't take this hit no more. Right, and we about to walk into a space that we got to pay 15k a month, and we got to yeah. put out a hundred thousand just to do the build out. So it's like, right, like you can't get. Like I said, bro, you can't get caught. It's never about the money. It's never about the money, bro. Can't money is going to come and money is going to go. At right. the end of the day. The only thing that you can control is your reaction to whatever situation you're in. You can never can control the situation. As much as we try to control our situations, you just can't. There's too many variables. You can't control it. But you can always control your reaction to the situation. And that's why I was so chill about L.A. It's just like, what I'm going to do now? I'm either going to keep going or I'm going to stop. And stopping not, not an option. Not an option. So, yeah. Like, you know, we yeah. going. Stopping is never an option. Nah. I got two things on that. Right. Number one. Do you plan on doing your vlog? Like, is your vlog going to be from here on out? Because I see a lot of business owners do that. And to me, I get hooked. Like, once I see, once you invite me into your life and I can see your day-to-day, I'm, I'm, I'm really hooked, especially if you're doing something that I want to do. Um, so are you going to keep going with your vlogs? Like, that, that's not just a one-time type deal, right? Nah, so, like, my goal for the vlog, because it's like, you know, I'm not... I never want anybody to think like my life is just like perfect. So I do want people to see the imperfection. Um, so we do have a lot of footage, a lot of recording that we're going to be doing moving forward. Am I going to be doing like a weekly vlog or anything like that? I probably wouldn't just because I don't, I don't see us there yet, but to drop a documentary later on. Yeah. We're going to keep that in the tuck, but as far as us doing vlogs consistently, like, yeah, we'll probably drop like a vlog, you know, especially when, since we about to open up Turnersville and, you know, we got some other things that are cooking up too. So like, we're actually going to document those processes now, like us redoing Turnersville, you know, Absolutely. all of that. Like we have footage from that already and all of that. So it's like, you know, we're going to vlog stuff out um, so people can see this journey, but it ain't going to be on though. Like, yo, we dropping a vlog on some Tory Lane shit like every day. Like <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't, we not there yet. So, you know, but we are definitely, I'm definitely going to be a lot more transparent and let people more see more into who I am and what I go through as a business owner. Cause I think that's, there's a lot of gems that can, you know, happen organically that way. Real time. Um, Cause I don't like doing stuff that's curated. Like, that's why I love podcasts. I'll go on a podcast and talk for hours, but like, you're not about to like send me questions in advance. And then like, I curate my questions. Like I go off at the top. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nah, nah. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep talking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we, 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 want, we want all of that because there's so many yeah, no, gems that's been dropped. Um, and the second question, well, actually not a question, more of a statement is um, that, that dude in all blue, I just want to let you know, he Don't was say that, a Craig. stone cold killer. <laughs> By the way you described that man. Bro, like verbatim, he was a poppy, you know, bald head, you know, beard. L.A. tat, like, literally, L.A. John was like this, like, crazy. Had chucks on, like, all of that. And it was driving, like, a Ford Fiesta, like. Yo. He hopped out on your ass. That's what they killing. He walked back and said, yo, you recording me, bro? Yo. And then, yo. 
And that's why I say that. Pull out your video and went through your deleted videos. Like that was the thing that made me know he's a killer. Yeah, bro. I got a text. I got a text the other day. I got a text. What was it today? I got a text on Friday. My homie, my homie, live in LA, right? He texts me like, "Yo." Uh, he texted me. No, he actually, did he DM me? No, he texted me. He was like, yo, bro, I just saw somebody downtown LA wearing your shit, bro. And he, I guess, thought about it as like a like a congratulations thing. Like, bro, right. yeah, like, you know, your brand landed. So I had to tell him like, yeah, bro, they, you know, they stole all my shit out the car. And he was like, oh, fuck. He was like, yo, you right. And he was like, damn, that's fucked up. And I was like, yeah, dog. So if you see a bunch of niggas downtown LA or a bunch of people downtown LA wearing some shit, because it ain't some shit that you're going to find like at the store. Right. You motherfucking vegan leather shirt that got removable pockets. Like, you're not going to see no shit like that. You see a nigga in the hood wearing that, you know, he stole my shit. Or he sold it to somebody who stole from somebody who stole my shit. Like, uh, swap you got some free publicity. I mean, it wasn't free. Yo, it is free publicity. It is free publicity. It's free for them. It's free for them. It's free for them, but. You know, I mean, people start seeing your shit around. They might be like, "Oh man, where did where you get that from?" And then look you up, fuck around and find some shit. Probably with the LA tat on his face. Probably with the yep, yep. I was look. I was gonna prove my journalistic uh, which one calls. I was gonna ask you about that anyway. Cause I be I was watching your page. I'm like, yo, he ain't gonna expect this. Watch me hit him with this question right there. (laughs) Beat me to it. But no, I I I would have been probably infuriated, but also. Like, oh, that's kind of cool anyway, because it still gets your brand out there. It's just a sucky way to yeah. do it. But yeah. my thing is, too, is like, you know? my thing is, too, I look at it like, all right, all them clothes got stolen, right? But if motherfuckers is wearing it, they think that shit hot. They don't think that's it's right. right. So it's yeah. like, you know, I got something. That's how I look at it. Like, I got something. That's a, that's a joint I released three years ago. Like, that was a one-on-one I had for myself. I ain't oh, like man. we sold them joints three years ago. I ain't even have one for myself. That was my personal. Hey, yo, the crazy thing about that is after fact, I you got, blow completely. Yeah, let me hear. Let me see that. After you blow completely, and you know how damn dogs, and you know how sometimes uh, he got broken you get yeah, I got the, these motherfuckers. They don't let nobody walk by the crib. <clears throat> uh, some people be selling clothes, or or you know you got minted. So uh, it was type dead of ass dish joint, but in cream. Like I own oh, this a one on one. I don't. Nobody else got this. I ain't even dropped this joint. The cream joint I dropped. The black too. one. Yeah. I ain't even dropped. It's, it's vegan leather, and then these the uh, cargos that we showcase. That oh were, uh, shit! The joint, and they got the uh, pockets that's removable, so you can take the pockets on and off. So. That's crazy. Yeah, they wearing them joints. You gonna find them one day when people you know, in the dress clothes and shit. You <laughs> like, like if I'm, if I'm back gonna be like one on one cream. You gonna be like, how do you work? There's that shit right there. You gonna buy your own shit back? That's Man, still this gonna, nigga. And take they my gonna shit do it. They gonna fucking sell it and make it an NFT or some shit. Just watch. Some, oh, shit, shit. some crazy shit going to happen. Air tags. Air tags. Very yo. The very valuable. Is, my, my laptop was. It was my business lab. It was a business uh, joint. So like, I didn't have it connected to my iCloud, so I can't track it. But my AirPods, my AirPod Pros, was in the bag. But if they don't turn them bitches on, oh, you can't. Yeah, Word. Like, they're not charged. I can't even get a location on them. So they probably just tossed them joints. Damn. And that's my hard crazy. drive. My hard drive. That's the worst. All the material shit. My hard drive though. That's my last seven years of any work that I've done was on that hard drive. All my designs, everything. No copies? You ain't never backed it Get oh, the fuck, man. get the hell out of here. I was running off my iMac originally, so I had everything on my iMac. But my iMac started running slow because, you know, after two years, fucking Apple. 
<laughs> your shit just start running slow for no reason. So I moved everything from my iMac to my hard drive. And that shit fucking go every design I've ever done in my life gone. Damn. That's, that's why I was saying with the Nipsey joint, I legit have to start completely over scratch. Yeah. And which which is something crazy gonna come out of that. And you're gonna be like, yo, you're gonna look back on well, you already know. I ain't gotta yeah. say it. So <laughs> you already know you're gonna look back on this like yo, say he living it. That's he the best thing know. ever. That happened to the some of the best producers out there too. I think that happened yeah. to uh that happened to future. He said it happened to him. him his, when his homie got locked up, all his music he did, he, he put in the song, all this music he did, I think for a couple of years, it might have been even seven, was all he on did. his hard drive uh, and he lost all of that. Drake too. Drake lost, he said he lost a, a, a phone, he lost his phone or something. They had all his verses in the, um, in, in his notes. He said he whoever got that or whatever, it was a verse, I forget what he said. but Happened to the greats. It happens yeah, to the greats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I, right there. RZA, didn't it happen to RZA? It might have happened to every. It might have yeah, happened, it happened to everybody. It happened, it happened to Dre. He lost um, all that shit in the flood. It happened to Dre. What's the name? Came to the crib. Shook said, "I want everything." Oh shit! You remember, he said, "You can't walk away from death row without anything." He literally had to start all over and came up with after man. That's a different type of strong that's, robbery. I, I think <laughs> that's it. But when but when you think of well, that is same losses are loss, dog. L's a L's a L, my dude. So I got a I got a pretty pretty standard question that I ask. Uh, but I'm always interested in hearing the answer. Um, so here's the question. If you could be mentored by two people, it's a two-part question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could be mentored by two people, either dead or alive, who would they be? In anything, I don't care if it's fitness or whatever. It could be cl- whatever you want. Who would they be? I got, th- I got three. Give me three. One is Jeremy Scott. Okay. I've been like, I, and this is no disrespect to Virgil. Virgil it transcended the idea of streetwear fashion. You know, first, you know, African American designer take over a major label. Like, I, I get that. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. But Jeremy Scott's thought process of not giving a fuck about nothing and not growing up in a traditional setting he grew up on a farm bro like it's crazy and for him to to be the first internet one of the first design american designers to, to run an international brand ridiculous like but people don't talk about jeremy scott this motherfucker was putting cereal boxes on dresses like wasn't nobody they, they used to think he was fucking insane <laughs> like so like for me like that's how i think so, like, that's someone who I would want to at least have a conversation with. And he's still alive. So, like, that's a possibility. Like, that's not far off. So, that could happen. Um, the second would probably be, um, it's crazy because I dropped the Basquiat, uh, the Basquiat capsule, y'all. Jean-Michel Basquiat, bro. Like, I know mentally he was, like, fucking insane. But, like, that's somebody who I would want to, like, just be around. Like, I don't care about the accolades. I don't care if you made billions of dollars. Like, that's stuff that doesn't move me. It's your artistic mind and how you get to your final product is what I want to do, is what I want to tap into. Like, what is your thought process on that brushstroke? You know, what is Jeremy Scott's thought process when he made that dress? Like, I want to be in the rooms. Like, what is Drake's process when he's in the, in the studio? Like, I want to be there for the, I want to be in tune with that in those moments because that's what's going to inspire the artist inside of me. I don't need you to tell me, well, you know, 
this is how you can facilitate your business model or this or that. Like, I don't care about that stuff because like, I'm going to make money. Like once you stop worrying about money, you can live in abundance. I I used to worry about money all the time. I don't even think twice about it anymore. And I literally been an entrepreneur for two years and made more money than I made in the last six years. And that was just me taking a step out of that. So like when we talk about mentors, like niggas that ask you the the Jay-Z or you want a million dollars question, like, right those things don't matter to me because like I'm not just here for money like bro I gotta impact a million people if my if my funeral not like Nipsey's like I'm not gonna feel accomplished like I need a million people saying that I impacted them that's worth more than any money that I could ever make I don't care if I make a billion dollars it doesn't matter but if I can impact a million people or a billion people bro I can make a billion dollars that's easy but I'd rather live off the impact rather than you know getting in a room with Warren Buffett and him being like, well, you know, you can get this tax break if you, you know, you know, if you buy a car that's a hundred thousand dollars and it's over, over 6,000 pounds, you can write it off in the same year. Like, yeah, I get like the business side of that shit. You don't want to pay, you want to make a lot of money. You want to expense it out and you don't want to pay taxes. Cool. I get Like, I get that. But it's like, I want to know deep down, what is the artist in you saying? And that's, what's really going to be able to help me transcend my ideas and get them to the next level. So like those are the two people that like I would want to be mentored or have conversations with. The third person is this motherfucker that stole my design three years ago. Pierre Moss. Word. I want to I want to be I want to be under him. Okay. And the reason why is because I want to see like these people that we put on these pedestals that say that they're transcending shit, they're puppets. They're not doing what we think they're doing. They're being controlled by the higher ups like this. And I really want to see it for myself because I know no disrespect. I know he's one of them because he stole one of my designs. And and I got a whole storyline behind it, how it got there, when it dropped, all of that. Do you, uh, are you you comfortable Speaking on it a little bit. If not, then fuck it. No, nah, I am. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, I'm not, speak. I'm not. And the thing is, I don't ever want anyone to think that like I'm out here saying this for like a clout chase. I'm not no clout chase type nigga. Like I'm not. But at the end of the day, if I get in the room with this person, it's going to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to say something. I'm not like, I'm not just going to sit there and be like, oh my God, that's pure moss. Oh my God. Like, no, I'm going to be like, yo, like, yo, can I holla at you real quick? Boom. We're going to step out and I'm going to talk to you. Like, yo. This design, you work with this stylist, right? Because it was a stylist that I was working with um, that was styling Danny Lay at the time. Danny Lay. I sent some product out to her. Um, it didn't land on Danny Lay. It landed on like her choreographer, who was the girl, Cool Like Cherry, on Instagram. <laughs> landed on her choreographer. It just didn't land on Danny Lay at the time, but it was before Danny Lay even popped off. So I sent her the poncho, that jacket that I sent you, the cream version of that with the pants, striped rugby, all of that. So... 17. Boom, sent all that out. It never landed on Danny Lay. Three months later, the uh, stylist is working with Pierre Moss on a drop. Then two months after that, the poncho drops. Same construction, falls the same. All he did was invert the stitch line, and that was it. It was literally the same exact product, and our logos are similar. Oh, wow. That's how I peeped it. He got three color blocks. I got six. My trademark, I had my trademark for since 2016. He didn't have his logo in 2016, bro. Like, my sock design with the color blocks going vertical, he got that too. 
And like, I got a situation that I can't speak on right now that is in process right now. But when y'all hear this in the next three to six months, y'all going to be like, yo, I can't believe this shit. Come back and speak about it. I will. I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, we legality, legality wise, I can't speak on nothing yeah, right now. But once I get like, once it gets cleared, like, and you know, the, 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 the you know, the legal yeah, you know, team, system goes through. Yeah. I'll come on here and talk strictly about that. Yeah, dude. Like, Word. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want yeah. to We're going to him around. We, so yeah, we fire his ass right up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, like, it just, it just sucks because it's like, man, you work so hard. For, like, I've worked so hard for everything that I got right now. Yeah. My brand, the trademarks, like, you know, intellectual property, whatever you want to call it. Like, you work so hard for your craft. And it's just like, these companies or these people who are higher up, like, instead of them pulling you up, like, yo, I saw you do this. This is really dope. I want to bring you on for this project. Right. And like, that's something that I'm going to make sure that I do because I feel like I got to be the one to, to, to bridge that gap. Yeah. Like, there are so many talented people and designers in South Jersey to where it's like, you know, I might not be here for the door to be kicked in, but I'm peeking the motherfucker halfway open and somebody else going to kick the bitch through. Mm-hmm. If I, like, I'm not saying I'm not going to, but if I'm not, I'm cool with that. If somebody else comes after me and kicks the motherfucker through, I'm cool because I was able to set it up. Like, I can set up the play. I can set up the oop. I can set up the pick and roll. Like, I'm cool with that. I don't have to be the one like, oh, he transcended South Jersey from the fashion side. Like, I don't, no, nah, I don't need that. But if I open the door and somebody else kick it through, I'm cool with that. And that's just something that like is really important to me. It's like, yo, we're trying to build these platforms and get our voices heard. And if I'm not here to reap the benefits, but somebody who is younger than me, who, you know, grew up where I grew up, can reap the benefits, that's what it's about. That's cloth talk. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's cloth talk. Actually, name this podcast Cloth Talk with Charles J. So the the second part of that question probably answered it. And then I'll think so. Because your second part of your question he's going to ask you is, what's the one thing you would ask him? And he's pretty much said that. I mean, it's three people. Every every person, he, yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely he did go through. Just, you answer, yeah, don't make him reiterate your shit. You're right. Actually, yeah. Yeah. you're right. You're right. <laughs> hey, bro, I know you. Well, I know your question. Yeah, I told you. I talked a lot, man. No, 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 no. Podcasts are made for Doug. That's why I like on podcasts. We know thirty minute blocks. It is all that shit with gems and shit. Let me ask you a question. I got one more question. Kev, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Just stand up. Stand up. Just do it for the culture. Do it for the culture. Do it for the culture. How would you style him? How would I style him? Yeah. Oh, I would kill that. What do you got? Swimming trunks? You talking about with my stuff or just style him in general? Your stuff. My stuff? Yeah, or in general. However you would style him. I give you two answers. For him, it depends. Where are we going? Where are you going? Oh, he, mm, yeah, uh, St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Oh, yeah. why are you still on the St. Thomas shit? Because I went to St. Thomas. You still love this shit. Like it's cool. Everybody goes there. The club. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the club, club because club? last time we went the to club. the club, he dressed like he was. 
He just he just got the account for Emerson. The the Emerson account. Hey, <laughs> I, I was uh, I yeah, was the shirt uh, tucked into. What did I call it? What did yeah, I call it? Yeah, khaki pants on with a shirt tucked white in. People, I made white people feel it, comfortable it, around me. It was he was going to a job interview Not last when time we got to there, the club. Yeah, so how, how how would you style a guy like him? If he going to the club and he trying to wear some urban, um, I'll probably get him like I'll probably do like some Prada boots. Um, he could do like the vegan leather cargos and then he'll do like, you know, like the Basquiat tee and some vegan leather cargos with some Prada boots and like two chains, maybe a cap. It depends on what club you're going to too, though. But if you're trying to be more like on the, if you're trying to be more like on the dressier side, then I'll put him in an Avenue Black polo shirt with these crop trousers that we about to drop for Avenue Black with some like, you know, all white Alexander McQueens or something and, you know, a nice watch, little necklace that's tucked. And you know, keep it moving. So we're gonna save this. <laughs> the next time we go into a club, bro, I want you. I want you to do that exact thing that he said. <laughs> nah, we can do. Yo, we can shoot. We can shoot a whole vlog like going shopping. What y'all do that? Yup, yup. We need Why to take this nigga shopping. Yo, take yo, shopping. I got yo, yo, I got a question. I got a question. Uh, Definitely. How tall are you? Six four, right? Six four, man. Six four. Yo, do they make sweatpants for tall men that go past their ankles? Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm asking like a legit question. Do they are they all short or do they make them that come down past their ankles? So what happens is it depends on the brand. So like if you got a brand that makes it oversized, he Gucci. But like if he go to H and M and try to buy a pair of sweatpants, it's over. Like Nike. Nike, um, no, because no. Nike bases no. You have to go. You have to shop like big and tall if you have if you six. Exactly. Uh, but, but he could go true. big and tall. He can go big and tall, but I don't know if Nike offers. I mean, they have Nike don't offer it, dog. Just like, like I, bought, I, I own a Levi. I just I assume Levi. that no, because I bought they a have Levi tall players in the league that sponsor. No, bro. Nike. Let me let me break something the down. This motherfucker is trying to are, he's trying to fucking clown me right no, no, now. No, no, I'm asking. No, I'm asking the question because oh, Kev said that he said that they don't they don't sell. He said that they don't sell sweats that go past. His I know my sweats shin. don't go past my ankles. So what I do is I buy a pair. I always wear high top kicks, and I buy high top Nike socks. So I'm like, all right, these shit. So that give you a, that give you a, that give you an extra inch or two. Yeah, yeah, he get a little cushion, but but his wife said he just doesn't like to buy certain clothes. I don't <laughs> buy certain shit. Like right, I can't, right. I, can't own, I own a Levi jacket that I got to give to my son because I the biggest size they got is don't don't, don't go for my arms. What we're gonna do is listen, Charles J. Brought up, he brought up a good idea, and I think we should actually pursue that. Yeah, we should do we should actually do a vlog where we go shopping and get you right. And I'm not saying I can dress the, the best, I'm uh, just saying that right. to get you right will be well. a what treat. Is, for what's me. getting me right for it? Like I'm cool, like I because I because you're wrong, dog. So listen, so listen, wait. So so we're, we're wrapping up here. Yeah. Is there any any last things you wanted to, to tell our listeners? I know we definitely going to get you back on here, but is, yeah, is there sure. anything you wanted to tell our listeners oh, and like, you know, <laughs> you know, put anything out there before we give out your socials and everything? Man, honestly, the, the biggest thing is, you know, if, if your vision is, if your vision is really that big, just be ready to go through the trenches. Like if, if you, if, if you, you really thinking that you want to be this person, you got to be ready to, you know, handle and, you know, um, just deal with the stuff that's going to come along with that. Like, you got to look at, you know, you look at somebody like Jay-Z, you think he, he just, it was all sunshines and rainbows. 
Nah, you're going to lose a lot more than you win. Like, you're going to lose a lot more than you win. If you're not losing a lot more than you're winning, you're staying inside your comfort zone and you're never going to grow. Like, that's the that's the biggest thing that I see with anybody that's coming up. Like, don't be afraid to fail out loud. Like, if you – and the thing is, something else, too, if you're not passionate, if you start something and you're not passionate about it, there's nothing wrong with quitting. People want you to continue to pursue something because you started it. But if deep down that's not what you want to do, don't waste your time. Because, mm. like, when I started designing, I knew – I had a bigger mission with designing. It wasn't just designing. So I would never get to a point where it's like, fuck this, I don't want to design anymore. Because I design, I don't design in survival mode. I design what I want to design, when I want to design it. There's no pressure for me. But when that pressure is put on you, you'll really figure out if you're really passionate or you really love something. And if deep down in your heart, it's just like, yo, I started this because I thought this is what I wanted. Don't be concerned about what other people think if you quit. And the reason why I say that is because you'll spend your entire life trying to validate your existence for somebody else. And if that's not what you want to pursue, then don't do it. Start something new. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter when you decide to start or when you decide to stop. But don't pursue something because you're going to get the backlash of what everybody else says if you quit. And I think that's something that I see with a lot of people is in so the era of social media, they look at like, all right, well, I started this thing on social. I started this thing. And people on social media know that I do it. I'm just not passionate about it anymore, but I'm going to continue to pursue this because I don't want people to think that I'm a quitter. There's two different things between quitting something that you're not passionate about and then quitting something that you're passionate about. Two completely different things. And I don't want people in this era of social media to continue to think that just because I, I started something, it doesn't mean you have to like make this your lifelong journey. You don't have to. Okay. You can switch up in that moment and be like, yo, you know what? I want to completely change directions. If I don't want to be a designer anymore, I'm not going to fucking design. Like, I'm just not. And I'm going to pursue something else and I'm not going to care what everybody else says. Oh, well, he was designing for seven years. It didn't work out. I don't care, bro. I was on season two premiere of Euphoria. Mm. Yeah, that, that that's like people, it worked out to me. Bro, like that's some, but like the thing is like, people don't understand like, that's some people's pinnacle. Right. Like mm. some people's highest point is, oh, you know, I was featured on this artist. That's that's my highest pinnacle. That's the that 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 that's my life goal. I want to have my own store. No, I don't want to have one store. I want to have ten stores, and I want to have four Avenue Blacks, and I want to have a Turo concept that we push out for Avenue Black, an Airbnb concept that we push out for Avenue Black, so our members can consume all of that. Like, wow! Don't get so caught up in proving yourself to everyone else. It's really a you versus you every single time, and oh. that's the biggest thing that I've noticed within myself is like. I've been able to accomplish things that people worked their whole life to accomplish. But that's not good enough for me. And that's truly me going against myself every single day versus looking at the designer next to me like, well, they did this, so let me go and do this. Nah, like, I, I was featured LA Fashion Week. I did Euphoria. All right, cool. I got more to offer than that. What's next? Always you versus you. Mm, damn. Damn, bro, you smoked this motherfucker like, interview. <laughs> smoked this shit, boy. Yeah, I'm just like, gonna keep it G I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> like, yeah, How about man. we uh, get your socials for everybody that yeah. can contact you or for where yeah. to find your clothing at uh, and things like that? No, I got you. So my personal Instagram is at the Charles J T H E C H A R L E S J A Y. I do have another Instagram that's at the Charles J underscore because my other Instagram was hacked, but I just got that back. Um 
The website for Urbane is bycharlesj.com, B-Y-C-H-A-R-L-E-S-J-A-Y.com. And then we have avenueblack.shop, A-V-E-N-U-E-B-L-A-C-K dot S-H-O-P. That's for everything to deal with Avenue Black. And, um, you know, you can hit my personal website if you need any type of templates for Adobe Illustrator for design purposes. I have my ebook um, at thecharlesj.com. So T-H-E-C-H-A-R-L-E-S-J-A-Y.com. You can book consultations through there. I do one-on-one Adobe uh, Illustrator workshops. All of that stuff you can book right on my website. Dope. Uh, I, I just right. want to thank you for... Yeah, I just want to thank well, you for thank you, coming bro. out and sharing everything, or yeah, you know, sitting down and sharing everything with us. Because you nah, blessed us nah, nah. with gems today. Yeah, bro. this was word, super. Word. Yeah, this was shit, crazy like, helpful. It's, it's a lot of shit you said hit home like right now, especially yes. shit going on with me like right now. So, nah, bro, you, I mean, you know, this just you know, this is not your final destination. You feel me? Like this just this just a part of the journey. You know what I mean, so just continue to pursue and just continue to keep going, man. Like. We got to do big shit in South Jersey, bro. Like, <laughs> it's a lot bigger than us. There's little kids in high school and middle school looking at us like, you know, if, if we quit or we stop, what they, what they going to look forward to? Exactly. So, That's right. It's a lot bigger than you. Absolutely. As always, All Dre, right. so pass this shit over to you. Radio host. Okay. Radio host well, I, all right. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we, we were your host. I'm cool, Kev. Kevin Durant. And I want to thank our guest one more time, Mr. Charles J. And I'm Andre, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace out. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Painated Podcast. If you love today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, five stars. We don't want nothing less. If you're an artist, actress, a songwriter, an author, or you're doing something that's interesting and you want to be a guest on our show, please email us at opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. That's opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a blessed day.